Blog Talk Radio. to the Rifleman Radio Show on the Alpseed Radio Network. The uh, Rifleman Radio Show is sponsored by the Appleseed Project, which is an offshoot of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. No, we don't all wear frilly shirts and tri-cornered hats. Uh, What we do is we attempt to honor the men and women who came before those folks who stood together on April 19, 1775, to stand together for their freedoms and for their liberties, the men and women who brought us the nation that we have today. By remembering these people, we honor them. We owe them a debt we can never repay, but we can honor them. We can remember them, and we can honor them. And that's what we try and do in this program. We try and honor our forefathers, honor the folks who made it possible for us to have this this absolutely, unbelievably wonderful nation that we have, this uh, amazing experiment in democracy and freedom and liberty in this republic that we inhabit. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, I hope that that those of you listening, if you'll uh, take a chance, take a a moment to register at the Blog Talk Radio, you can go into the online chat. Uh, 
and that way you can uh, you can talk while I talk, and uh, you can get help from all the folks there and uh, discuss stuff. Uh, I, I won't be able to talk right now while I'm uh, when I'm doing the opening portion of the show, but after I start taking calls, then I can uh, I can join in a chat. But I can read what you're saying. So if you have stuff uh, that you'd like to get out on the air, just go ahead and put it in the chat room, and I'll be reading and monitoring it. <clears throat> uh, I want to thank everybody for all the uh, the well wishes uh, that they have sent. It is good to be back, good to be back on the air. And thanks to Sam D., who took over the, <clears throat> the show last week and uh, had to deal with the blog talk monsters and... Uh, do everything that uh, he did to actually make the show possible and uh, get it on the air. It, uh, it le- it's a chore, and uh, for him to uh, to jump in and try and wrestle with the beast uh, was no small task, and he did a great, great job of it. Uh, I tried for two days to hack into the uh, uh, the internet system at the. Uh, uh, the hospital. I was in the intensive care unit for about nine days at the hospital. I tried for uh, four of those days to hack into their internet system so that I could do the show while I was there. But uh, I was not. Uh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm I'm barely able to uh, turn the computer on, let alone uh, let me make some joke about me hacking into somebody else's system. So that was fruitless. But I, I did attempt to do it, <clears throat> uh, but uh, to no avail. And uh, Sam took over for me. So thank you, Sam, and thanks to all you guys for uh, for putting up with this. It seems like the uh, the show. Now the show we had uh, we had a great run the year this year. We've only had uh, uh, out of the whole year uh, only twice did we have uh, uh, times when the show didn't go on, and uh, both of those times happened to be with me uh, stuck out in the, in the wilderness uh, with no way to get to a computer. Uh, and then uh, we had a little bit of trouble, as I as I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, with the blog talk system. And I, I don't know if that is just because uh, because there are so many shows going on now, or if it's actually uh, an attempt by blog talk to steer me toward uh, having to pay for uh, the uh, the services here. I'm still using the free system. Uh, but uh, they have several pay systems that I think that they would like for me to use, and I don't know if it uh, if it is uh, an attempt by the radio uh, station to make it uh, make it so troublesome that you'll go ahead and shell out the money for the uh, for the premium services. I guess I'm going to go ahead and try that and see how that works. <clears throat> See if it uh, does any better. Uh, but once again, thanks to everybody. Uh, like I said, we're coming up on the the first year. We have uh, we've we've done a, a really great job, and uh, and I certainly can't take any credit for it. I'm just the person that you hear talking on, on the radio. That's all. Uh, I, I'm just the the voice that uh, that talks about the things that the rest of the members of Appleseed are doing. Uh, so the credit for the success of the program goes on to you guys, on to all the people that show up here uh, every week 
and listen to the show and make comments and help push the program forward. Uh, the Appleseed program, not the Rifleman show, but the Appleseed program. He'll push the Appleseed program forward and making it the success that it is becoming. <clears throat> so the thanks go to all of you guys. All you guys can reach around and uh, uh, pop your arm out of joint by and patting yourself on the back because you all deserve it. Uh, and a special thanks to the folks uh, in the the radio show chat room uh, because uh, they're always here helping out. Everyone here is helping out and uh, uh, steering folks in the right direction to get them uh, uh, toward where they need to be, helping to answer questions uh, and uh, and just helping to... Uh, uh, helping to validate each other, to enrich each other, and let each other know that uh, that they are involved in a very special program, that they are involved in a very special uh, endeavor by fulfilling their sacred obligation to safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that uh, the country has to offer. <clears throat> okay, so let's get started. Uh, with the schedule, and uh, once again, I just want to uh, direct you guys to uh, the uh, the last four months of the program. Uh, I, I'm not going to count it up right now. Uh, it took me a long time to get uh, everything to open up again tonight. Like I said, I I, I don't know uh, I don't know what the reason is behind that. If it's just because of uh, the uh the the number of folks doing shows on blog talk uh or what it is but uh, I'm looking at the schedule of shoots that we have for the next four months, and I'm just amazed by it by the uh the number of shoots that we have and uh, uh here in just the uh the last the very end the last weekend of September we have one two three four five six seven. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 uh, events. 17 events for a weekend. It is not a, uh, this isn't some special weekend. This isn't some special month. This is an Appleseed, uh, United States of America, uh, Appleseed regular weekend. And there are 17 events. 17 events in one weekend. Okay. Now, before you start jumping up and down, uh, that's not a record, and uh, we need to get our minds right. We need to get ourselves pointed in the right direction because we do have a record that we need to start working on, uh, on, a, on achieving and attaining. And that goal is going to be 200 apple seeds in April, April 18th, 19th weekend. 200 on one weekend. 200 events on one weekend. Can you believe that? It was just the other day. I'm telling you, uh, it's, it seems like last week that uh, that we were sitting around thinking, oh, my God, 50 events in a year. Uh, we'll never be able to do it. Uh, you know, it's too big a thing. Uh, America's not ready. Uh, it's, uh, America is, is filled coast to coast with uh, worthless doofuses, and uh, they will never respond to a call uh, in a, to safeguard their liberties, their freedoms, to become the masters of their rifles, to become uh, riflemen, patriots, 
There's no way. They won't do it. There are no Americans left. And yet here it is. Uh, like I said, it seems almost uh, like just a few weeks ago, and we're getting ready uh, to boot up for 200 events on one weekend. 200 events on one weekend. I'm just going to keep saying that. 200 events on one weekend. Wow. 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 200 events. It's absolutely uh, amazing. That's our big push, is the uh, the April uh, 18th and 19th weekend. And uh, I'm just... Uh, my heart just uh just expands when i when i think about that when i think about us uh, about us doing that uh not for the glory of appleseed uh that is a peripheral uh thing that we will, will certainly achieve if we do 200 events on one weekend but for the glory of this nation to help uh, to help put a stake in the heart of the uh, of the vampire that says that there are no Americans left, that folks can do whatever they want to do and shove it down the throats of the American people because there is no one left to oppose them. There is no one left on the wall, standing guard, watching over the country, safeguarding the freedoms and liberties. Well. This is going to be an absolute stake through the heart of that uh, idea because it's going to show that thousands and thousands are there and ready and willing. So every time I look at the Appleseed schedule, I'm just, uh, I'm just amazed. You have to remember, this is seven, in the month of September, this is just the last weekend. These 17 events are just the last weekend. September was a really great weekend. Uh, I mean, a, a really great month. And uh, October is great. Uh, November is great. It kind of starts uh, slowing down and, and closing off a little bit as we get into the uh, the winter months, because uh, a lot of the a lot of the nation will be uh, under snow then, and uh, that uh, that will sometimes, but not always, stop people because. Uh, we had several. Uh, we have quite a few uh, reports. Uh, Dwarven one will usually call in and uh, and uh, let us know that uh, in the Northeast that a little bit of snow, and by a little bit I mean uh, two to three feet, isn't going to stop folks from shooting. Uh, they're going to uh, tramp down a shooting lane through the snow, get down in the snow, and shoot. Why? Because it feels good, because uh, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, it might be for some people, but the real reason is because it's your sacred duty to do this. It's not your sacred duty to go out and shoot. What I'm talking about it is it's your sacred duty to preserve the freedoms and liberties that this country has offered you, that your forefathers uh, gain for you and by attending an apple seed you are helping to safeguard those liberties you are helping to to wake people up to the fact that this uh, that nobody gets a free ride there is no free ride 
there is no uh, the responsibility for watching out for your freedoms and liberties rests on your shoulders, not on someone else's, not your mother's, not your father's, your brothers, your kids, your congressmen, your senators, no one but your own. And that's what we do at the Apple Seeds. We wake people up. We let them know that this is their job to do. It's their turn to take a stand on the wall. It's their turn to safeguard their freedoms and liberties. So, <clears throat> even in the snow, folks are going to do it. But it will slow down a bit. It will slow down a bit because of the snow and the ice and freezing rain, etc. And then uh, all we're going to do is we're going to shift it down south. We're going to try and take up the slack by opening up uh, more events down south. But the month of September, October, November, and December are still packed with apple seeds every single weekend. There's not a weekend now uh, in America that you can't find an apple seed. Okay? Don't think that there's some weekend that, uh, that we're slacking off, that uh, we're saying, oh, hey, listen, we can take the weekend off. We'll take this weekend off here. And uh, all across America, uh, everybody can be asleep because uh, we've done such a great job that uh, our freedoms and liberties are secured. Okay? That's never going to happen anymore. It's not going to happen. You won't find a weekend where there's not an event because it is important. Now, as much as we've done... Uh, the tens of thousands of people who attended events, who we've uh, managed to uh, impart uh, some of the uh, the importance, the seriousness, uh, the precariousness of the situation that we're in, the tens of thousands of folks is not enough. Even though it seems like a huge uh, mountain of people, it is a tiny, tiny fleck of pepper, uh, tiny, tiny uh, drop in the uh, in the oil tanker, not in the, not in the bucket, not in the barrel, but uh, in the oil tanker, we've got millions left, folks. Millions of people that we still need to reach. We're depending on you to help us achieve these goals. Everyone here, everyone involved in the program, you don't have to be a member of the Apple Seed Program. You don't have to be a, uh, an instructor, an instructor in training. You don't have to be a staff member. Uh, you don't have to be uh, anything other than an American to do this. And not, listen, you don't even have to be an American. I've got plenty of folks uh, uh, from the former Soviet Union, from, uh, from China, uh, from, uh, po from Poland, from uh, Czechoslovakia, from Chechnya, uh, on and on, who are involved with this program and uh, making sure that it survives and that our freedoms and liberties are safeguarded. Why? Why are these people doing it? Listen, these folks have uh, been in a country, they've lived in a country where they had no freedoms, no liberties. They don't, to, to them, it's not some abstract notion. It's not something that... Uh, that is just a uh, uh, that is something that could never happen here. They've lived it. They've seen it happen. And unless enough Americans wake up, we're going to see it happen. All right. Unless enough Americans wake up, we're going to see it happen too. 
And you can't tell me that's something that you wish for for your children, for your progeny, for your posterity. Hey, kids, listen. I just want to tell you that, uh, listen, your pop had some other stuff he needed to do. Uh, I had some ball games I had to go to. I, uh, you know, I had uh, work I had to do on this weekend. I had uh, just a, any number of things I had to do. It was really pretty important. So because of that, uh, I'm going to leave you a country that's very sick, that's very ill, and uh, and unfortunately you're going to have to give up uh, most of your freedoms and your liberty. So that's my uh, bequeath to you, and I hope that's okay with you. Okay, that's what you don't want to say. That's what you don't want to leave your posterity, your progeny, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Right now we have a country that is absolutely amazing. I'm telling you, this is for all its warts and scabs and sores and and uh, bare spots and everything else. This country is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And why? Because of the ideas that we have. Not because of big steering TVs or uh, or luxury vehicles or SUVs or uh, or condos or movies or anything else. Uh, all of those things can go by the wayside, and we would still have the thing that makes this country the greatest country on the face of the planet, and that is the ideas that we have, the ideas, the freedoms, the liberties that have made this country the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Am I telling you that this that our country is faultless, that it's perfect? Oh, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, the country has plenty of problems, uh, and it's plenty ugly plenty of times. And yet it is still the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But it only stays that way when every man, woman, and child agrees that it's their sacred duty, their sacred obligation to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that the country offers. And that's what we do at the Appleseed events. Okay, let's get started with uh, September 26th and 27th. I'm going to read you off all of the events on that weekend. As I said, there's 17 of them. We'll start off with Cedar City, Utah. Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, Chester, New Hampshire, Cloverdale, Indiana, Custer, South Dakota, Gibsonburg, Ohio, Harlan, Kentucky, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Kingman, Arizona, Lemoore, California, Mansfield, Massachusetts, Middlebury, Vermont, Payson, Arizona, Reno, Nevada, Salisaw, Oklahoma, and Washburn, Missouri. Okay, now the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of October, the first weekend in October, we have Bonfield, Illinois, Canton, Minerva, Ohio, Fallon, Nevada, Gaston, 
South Carolina, Gunnison, Colorado, Hernando County, Florida, Hinesville, Georgia, Steele, North Dakota, Yellville, Arkansas, that is October 3rd and 4th, October 10th and 11th, starts off in Birmingham, Alabama, Burlington Flats, New York, Canton, Mississippi, Davila, Texas, Durant, Durand, with a D, Illinois, Eureka, Kansas, Lodi, Wisconsin, St. Augustine, Florida, Sherburn, Louisiana, Skohegan, Minnesota, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, Yanceyville, North Carolina. That is the uh, 10th and 11th. Now for the weekend of October 17th and 18th, we start off with Bakersfield, California, Brighton, Colorado, Buckeye, Arizona, Calverton, New York, College Station, Texas, Columbia, Minnesota, El Paso, Texas, Evansville, Indiana, Lobelville, Tennessee, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Montpellier, Virginia, Piru, California, Ramsar, North Carolina, that's the home range, Sacramento, California, Stinson, West Virginia, Wabash, Indiana, Williamston, uh, I can't make that out, I can't make out the last letter, El Paso Community College, Texas, that's starting off the October 24th and 25th weekend. Gunnison, Colorado, October 24th and 25th. Knob Creek, Kentucky, October 24th and 25th. Mayaka, Florida, October 24th and 25th. Osage Beach, Missouri, October 24th and 25th. Ottawa, Illinois. Wayland, Iowa. That is the October 24th, 25th weekend. <clears throat> the last weekend in October is the 31st with the uh, going to the 1st of November. That is Albion, New York, Athens, Ohio, Carrollton, Kentucky, Castle Rock, Washington, Dolzura, California, Fresno, California, Jerome, Idaho, Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Kill Devil Hills. Hmm, that is a, uh, that sounds like a nice place. Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. And Santa Barbara, California. That's all October 31st to the 1st of November, that weekend. Okay, now you're wondering uh, where I'm calling these out from. I'll tell you where it is. It's appleseedinfo.org rwva.org, that takes you to the home page. Once you're on the home page, look in the top left-hand corner, you'll see Appleseed. You click on that. There's a drop-down menu that will come down. On that drop-down menu, click on Schedule, 
and that will take you to this page. Now, once you're on this page, it will be listed by month and then by uh, the locations. And uh, then the locations, right next to locations, will be the, the date for, that, for whatever weekend it is. Once you've found a location and a date that you would like, just to the right of that are two other hotlinks. One says information. That information link will tell you what you need to know about that specific event, the, uh, who to contact, where it is, and uh, any uh, local uh, rules, regulations, etc. Then right next to that is another hotlink that says register. Once you've decided that you'd like to attend an event and you found an event that, you, uh, uh, that it's your liking, we'll ask you to please pre-register for the event. Okay, that does two things. One, uh, you know, we're getting, we have events all across the nation. And uh, every single weekend, we've got events everywhere. And uh, and it can become kind of a nightmare as far as making sure that uh, we've got enough instructors and equipment, etc., at all these places. Now, one of the best ways for us to gauge how many instructors to send and how much equipment uh, and supplies to send is by you pre-registering. So we can look and say, all right, well, we've got X number of folks showing up, so we're going to need at least uh, this many instructors and this much, uh, this amount of supplies. So that really helps us with that. And it ensures that when you get there that day, uh, that all you're going to have to do is check in. Uh, you're going to uh, have a guaranteed place on the line. Now, the other thing it does is if an event looks like it's uh, filling up really quick, and that there's going to be a lot of folks there, we'll do everything in our power uh, in order to secure uh, additional line. But we won't know to do that unless uh, we have the pre-registration numbers that we can look at. Once we've got that, then, uh, uh, then we can make adjustments. We can attempt to secure uh, additional line and uh, send additional instructors, et cetera. Okay, I'm looking at the chat page again, and it looks like, uh, let's see, I, I also uh, wandered over and got my glasses. And uh, it seems like I'm, I must have said Minnesota for the Skohegan uh, event. Anyway, Skohegan is Maine, not Minnesota. Okay, uh, but you will know that. If you were going to that event, I'm sure you live probably close to there, so you will know uh which one you want to go to, all right? <clears throat> now, once again, if you want to go to an event, you go to appleseedinfo.org. Once you're there, look in the top left-hand corner. Uh, on the bar there, you'll see a uh, Appleseed tab. Click on the Appleseed tab. That will give you a drop-down menu. On that drop-down menu, look for Schedule. Click on Schedule. That will take you to the scheduling page. Once you're on the scheduling page, <clears throat> you can uh, look and find the event by the location you want, and then next to it will be the date. Find the location and the date, and then to the right of that, go to register. Click on register. That will take you to the third-party software that we use called Eventbrite. Uh, that will take you to the Eventbrite site and let you pre-register uh, and pay. And uh, once you do that, then we'll also send you a, uh, uh, a little uh, packet and stuff for you to uh, to help you get ready. Okay. Uh, looks like I'm losing using a lot of bandwidth still, but uh, 
uh, I'm guessing that we're still going out and uh, and the chat's still running. I hadn't moved in a while, so I don't know if you guys are not talking or if it's just not refreshing itself. Anyway, I want to... Uh, uh, we have uh, on the at the Appleseed site at uh, appleseedinfo.org slash backslash blog. That's where the blog is that uh, accompanies the Appleseed site. And uh, there are several folks who write for the blog. Uh, the most prevalent, of course, is Fred. Uh, and in the blog, we put a lot of stuff there that we can't really put in on the forum because the forum is a place uh, where we do our business, where we work. And uh, so accompanying the forum is a blog. And in the blog, uh, we can just put out uh, uh, stories, comments, uh, different things like that. And uh, listen, you guys are welcome uh, to submit stuff for the blog. We would love to have you guys. If anybody would like to make any to contribute to the blog, just send it to me. Send it. Uh, send a PM to me at uh, Scout uh, on the forum, uh, and include your blog in it, and uh, and uh, I will uh, get it posted up on the Appleseed blog. So if you have something you'd like to uh, to contribute there, please go ahead and contribute. Uh, send it to me, and I'll get it up on there. If you want to. Uh, uh, and you can also contribute uh, just as easily by going to appleseedinfo.org backslash blog and then reading uh, one of the uh, blog articles. And then uh, there's a place where you can comment. So you can make a comment and then publish your own uh, comments uh, there. But if you would like, if you would like to write an art- article for the blog, uh, just uh, contact me, scout, PM me on the forum. And uh, we'll see about getting you on there. Shouldn't be any reason that uh, you guys can't uh, get your get some stuff uh, in print there on the blog. And we ask you to uh, uh, you know to check it, uh, check it a couple of times a week. We'll have new stuff up on the blog, and it'll give you some insight into uh, into the thoughts, the ideology of the FC program. Uh, Fred wrote one last week. I'm sure probably a lot of you guys have read it. <clears throat> but I'm going to give it a, a quick read real here, right here for me. And uh, and you guys can listen to this. And this is, uh, this is entitled, this is by Fred, entitled, We Shall Tax You. We shall tax you, and we don't care whether you want us to or not. Is that about how Congress is these days? Are we looking at the new parliament? People who don't care what you say, what you want, what you think, because they want your money. Like a long ago parliament did. Only back then, we fought a bloody eight-year war to establish the no taxation without representation principle. Okay? About 200 years later, we see the result. A founder would be quick to point out that the result is from the great American people falling asleep at the switch. No way that they left us in this predicament. So here we are, 230-plus years after the fighting began over taxation without representation. How is it taxation with representation working out for us Americans these days? Well, 
Let's see. Uh, let's uh, take a look at a little historical comparison of sorts. Forty-five centuries ago, Egyptian society was already a thousand years old. And the government, of course, was anything but representative. In fact, Pharaoh was a living god. Yet when it came to building the pyramids, the living god could only squeeze in three months a year out of his more or less willing servants. And that time period was when the Nile flooded every year. And no one could really work the fields, or so the archaeologists tell us. It's estimated by these same archaeologists that building the Great Pyramid took 10 to 20 years of hard, back-breaking work. And it stands to reason that the job could have been finished faster if the Egyptians were asked for or, or if they were forced to work more hours each year on it. So working four months each year instead of three would cut maybe four to five years off the task. All right, Working five months a year could have cut eight or more years off the task and Listen, that's that's a pretty big cut, if you ask me, finishing in 12 years instead of 20. And all you have to do is work these slaves slash peasants an extra two months each year. Hey, that's a good deal, right? I doubt royalty back then was any more into delayed gratification than royalty is in, say, the 18th century. So why didn't they work them harder? Could it be possible... Someone was worried that you could only squeeze so much blood out of a turnip. And squeezing more might not be a good idea for social stability and harmony, right? Or could it be that someone was smart enough, way back then, this is uh, in 2500 B.C., to understand you can only skim so much off the top without wrecking the economy? If so, what do you think of our new fangle? This is only 200 years old notion of no taxation without representation. All right, let's see. Just to compare, we currently work five months a year for various levels of government until May 29th, according to the Tax Freedom Day people. And it's not just 10 or 20 or 50,000 of us, like however many they used to use to build the pyramids. No, sir. Everyone working in this country donates five months a year to the government. Everyone working in the country, okay? I didn't say everyone. I said everyone who's working. Everyone who works in this country donates five months a year to the government, to the modern Pharaoh. But worse, at least when the Egyptians got through building the pyramids, they seemed to have been let go, right? You know, they worked, and then uh, they got through work, and they said, okay, so you guys take off. 10 or 20 years. Thanks. You can go now. But, pity us, 10 or 20 years looks good compared to a lifetime, which is what we are all obligated for. Listen, it kind of makes you uh, uh, want to pine for the days of taxation without representation, right? Work 10 years or 20 and then take the rest of your life off? From 21st century America, from this standpoint, it doesn't look so bad, does it? Hello, welcome to ancient Egypt, a certified vacation land. If time machines were possible, guess what? 
Congress, I'm sure, would outlaw them. Can't have all those taxpayers fleeing to ancient Egypt to build pyramids, right? That would uh, be kind of embarrassing uh, that we would rather uh, go to Egypt and spend uh, 20 years building the pyramids uh, rather than than uh, living in our the wonderful 21st century. Now, at the same time, no way will Congress give up the notion of taxing you more. There's no way, for that matter, of working both sides of the street, of working both the taxation with representation of the present and taxation without representation, the future. All right? Do you hear what I said? I'm going to say that again because that's very important. Working both sides of this equation. This is your Congress now currently. Working both sides of the equation. Working the taxation with representation, which is right now, and working on the taxation without representation, which is the future. Digging with both ends of the stick. Yes, sir. Borrow money from future unborn generations, none of whom, to my knowledge, have the right to vote. Uh, except maybe in Chicago, and none of whom have any representation in present-day Congress. That's right, okay? Borrowing money from future unborn generations. These are the folks that have no right to vote. Matter of fact, they don't have very many rights at all, do they? Uh, They're going to be forced to give up the money, and uh, oh, by the way, why don't we just go in there with a sharp spoon and dig them out of there? No representation at all. In fact, those future inborns rely on us to protect their rights, something the Founding Fathers knew and cared about. That's right. The Founding Fathers knew and cared about. They cared about their posterity. That was, uh, that was a very important thing on the minds of the Founding Fathers. They cared about where they came from, and they cared about where they were going. They cared about the people who would come after the future Americans. Currently, Americans only think about us, the Americans now, us, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. That's all that matters. What about them? What about the people who come after us? What about the people who are going to uh, have to worry about picking up all the poo that we left in the streets for them? Obviously, our new parliament does not. Seemingly, for them, money is money. They don't really care whose pockets it comes out of, even if it's the pockets of the unborn future, who technically don't have any pockets at all yet, right? Just slick skin. But that's not a problem for our modern-day wizard politicians. I don't know about this stuff. No one seems to care, right? Maybe it's... Uh, maybe it's not really an issue. Maybe we should all simply stay home and watch TV like most of us are already doing. What do you think? That'll fix it, right? If we all just sit at home, sit on the couch, watch TV, and uh, certainly, certainly it'll get taken care of. Certainly somebody will be watching out for us, won't they? Ready to leave the problem solving to the unborn future, your children's children. 
Okay, yeah, but listen, there's a bit of a thorn in that rosy picture, too. And that is, the crunch may come while you're still alive, okay? There's no guarantee that it won't. In fact, it's quite likely that it will. Because our political elites seem to have no boundaries, no restrictions on them at all anymore. Every year the process not only continues, but it accelerates. It gets faster and faster and faster. The boundaries are expanded. The ethics, the morals dissolve. That's right. <laughs> you may not you may not be so lucky. There may not be time for you to live out your life and die and then let your kids or grandkids face the music. Kind of scary, right? You might actually have to do something about it. You might not be allowed uh, to just sit on the couch with your head in the sand, your finger on the remote, uh, watching your TiVo'd uh, 100 episodes of Three's Company. <clears throat> Besides, when you think about it, and then just a little bit, uh, I mean, just a touch, right? Cowardly. Listen, I'd hate to be the one to bring this up. But I leave, believe there's a, a faint, unpleasant odor steaming up from that couch you have to be glued to. But here's a good point. You don't have to stay there, all right? There is something you can do. Because if you are concerned about this, you're not alone. Other Americans are concerned about our nation's, uh, let's call it drift. Okay? How are you going to get in touch with these guys, the other people who are concerned about it? I'll tell you how you'll find those Americans at your nearest apple seed. You'll meet new friends new neighbors, you can pull your efforts with to change the nation, to reconnect with its roots, its foundation, its heritage. And yes, you, you yourself can become part of the solution. The solution being to wake up your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your families and relatives. Heck, man, make it easy. Get them to an apple seed, all right? Let us do the work for you. We will. We'll do it. We will do the work for you. You drive your car up, uh, fill up with your neighbors, your relatives, uh, your coworkers. Uh, just open the door and uh, point them toward the table, and we will do the work for you. How much easier can it be, right? And you'll be glad you did. <clears throat> All right. I think a lot of people do think that uh, that the problem is too big, that the problem is uh, too uh, nebulous, that there is nothing that they can latch onto, 
no uh, no stone they could roll uphill in a Sisyphusian way, even if they wanted to. But that's wrong. Okay, that notion is wrong. Yeah, you by yourself, you're not going to do a whole lot of good. Okay, but you standing shoulder to shoulder with your brothers, you can do a lot of good. Matter of fact, that's exactly what we do. We're building that uh, that wall of security, of safeguarding uh, our rights, our liberties. We're building that whole network one person at a time. And that's what we're doing. And you can become a part of it, and it's easy. It's easy, and it's rewarding. Uh, we're not going to ask you to stand in rank shoulder to shoulder and uh, to face uh, redcoats ten times your numbers. We're not going to ask you to stand there while they fire uh, walnut-sized chunks of lead at you. We're not going to ask you to uh, confront them in hand-to-hand combat and get skewered with a uh, 20-inch triangular piece of sharpened steel over and over and, uh, until you leak out empty. That's none of that. Guess what we're asking you to do? Come to an Appleseed Bryson Marksmanship Clinic and have fun. And have fun. Learn to become the master of your rifle, like you have always wanted to do. I'm telling you, if you have a, if you are a person who has a rifle in your closet, you cannot tell me that it has not always been one of your goals to become the master of that rifle. Okay, I'm sure you've taken out of that closet over and over and said, "Look at this," especially if it's some fine, sweet uh, piece of rifle, like uh, let's say an M1 Garand, uh, something like that. And uh, you look at that and you go, "Ah." This thing is an absolute beauty, and my life would be fulfilled if I could become the master of this rifle. Okay, here we are. We're ready to help you. Okay, we are ready to help you fulfill that uh, that desire to to achieve that goal. And once you do, then you'll be ready for the next one, and the next one after that, and the next one after that. You'll be ready to take your place among the ranks of riflemen and patriots. You'll be ready to fulfill your sacred obligation of safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that the founders left for you. <clears throat> I think that Americans are beginning to uh, to wake up this to this. They're beginning to understand... Whenever you see the, uh, uh, and I'll say this in quotes, the mob, the uh, people at the town halls, at the tea parties, you can see that there is a sense that that Americans are not content with the current situation, that more and more people are getting involved. But even still, uh, I want to... I want to take you back to 1776. Uh, and 
and remember uh, the Battle of Brooklyn when the Americans got severely pounded by the British. I mean severely pounded. Uh, the the battle, of course, is uh, is an amazing uh, story to read, and uh, I invite you, one and all, to read about it. I put some of the uh, the books up on the uh, the show page. Uh, David McCullough, the winner of the Pulitzer Prize, uh, wrote the number one national bestseller called 1776, and it's a great story. It's a great uh, fast reading, fast paced. Uh, book you can uh, you can do the book in one long evening or uh, or a couple of evenings. It's only uh, let's see uh, only 300 pages, and uh, it talks about the year 1776. That was a very dark year uh, in American history, but it was also a very bright year because it was the the turning point uh, in the American Revolution. It was a huge turning point. But after the uh, after the colonials had been stopped uh, after Brooklyn, and they were regrouping, the uh, many of the militia, many of the uh, the soldiers were going home. They were leaving. Their enlistment was up. Uh, you got to remember, most of them had uh, enlisted uh, right after uh, uh, April of 1775, and uh, for one-year enlistment, most of them, their enlistments were coming up. <clears throat> now, I'd like to read you something that uh, Joseph Reed, who was uh, Washington's assistant, had written, and I have found this to be true over and over again in. Uh, in what I've seen of, of just uh, of all people, but uh, I want to read what he said when he looked around and he saw uh, what was going on here in the in the dark times, in the dark period after Brooklyn. Uh, this is a uh, let's see, this is a letter I believe he had written uh, uh, to his wife. <clears throat> all right. We think that we cannot stay, he's talking about uh, in uh, New York, and yet we do not know how to go, so that we may be properly said to be between a hawk and a buzzard. When I look around and see how few of the numbers who talk so largely of death and honor are around me, and that those who are here are those from whom it was least expected. I am lost in wonder and surprise. Your noisy sons of liberty are, I find, the quietest in the field. An engagement, or even the expectation of one, gives a wonderful insight into character. All right. You guys have all, uh, you've all heard of these people. You've all, you've all seen this happen before. The <clears throat> the keyboard commandos, the uh, 
the people who are stomping up and down and talking about uh, what they're going to do when something happens, what's going to happen, you know, how somebody's going to pay, and then whenever it looks like something's getting ready to happen, they they dissolve, they're gone. And who is left? Like he said, uh, those who are here are those from whom it was least expected. An engagement, or even the expectation of one, gives a wonderful insight into character. And that it does. I'm telling you, you, uh, you want to see who the good guys are and who the slackers are? You let, uh, you let there be something serious coming up and see who stays on for the ride. See who hangs on. And it will almost always surprise you. Almost always, it will surprise you. All those people who are jumping up and down saying, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to let this happen. I'm going to do such and such. I'm going to, oh, man, they're going to be looking in trouble. And you look around when it gets serious. Those are the ones that seem to have disappeared. And then you look around and you see the guys who are there. You think, I never would have thought. I never would have thought that uh, that guy would have stayed, that that guy would now be the one that I have to depend on. As he said, it gives it wonderful insight into character. Okay. I don't know if I lost my uh, switchboard. Okay, got it back. <clears throat> All right, if you'd like to call in tonight, the number is 347-308-8790. Uh, if one of you guys in the chat will uh, put that up for the, the chat room, folks. Uh, it's 347 and uh, as soon as I get uh, as soon as I get the page back here, I'll uh, take the first caller. <clears throat> but I'd like you to think about that. As I said, I'm sure that most of you guys, uh, I'm sure that most people have seen uh, have seen things like that. Have seen the guys who uh, the the tough guys. The tough guys who uh, uh, who you uh, who are always talking about how tough they are, uh, and they happen to end up being the ones that uh, that run squealing when the mouse shows up. Uh, it's been my experience that the toughest men I've ever known talked about it the least, about how tough they are. The best shots I've ever seen were men who never spoke about how good they could shoot, or actually who were uh, self-depreciating. The smartest men were men who never said a word about their intelligence. The the most uh, physically able men, the men who could... uh, uh, who were the equivalent of almost uh, 
like the MMA fighters, the toughest guys in the room. Very seldom, if ever, did I ever hear any of those guys say anything about how good they could fight. They just didn't. The same way that uh, if you've studied anything about uh, people or about uh, body language, etc., <clears throat> there's a book by, uh, I can't think of the, the guy's name right now, but it's an excellent book uh, called Man Watching, and it just talks about... Uh, uh, it talks about humans, uh, their gestural lives, the uh, what they, you know, body language, etc. And uh, one of the things that it talked about was how the people who have the big red faces, who are uh, yelling and screaming, and their faces are all red, and they look like they're about to explode, that those are the guys that uh, you have usually very little to worry about. Okay, the guys that you want to run from are the guys who are looking at you, and there's nothing's trembling, nothing's moving, and their faces uh, are uh, actually kind of uh, pale, if anything else. Those are the folks who've already made a decision to do something, and their blood is now being shunted uh, to the major organs in uh, in preparation for combat. So. The people who you see who are who are jumping up and down and yelling and and smacking the table and putting their finger in your face, I'm not going to tell you that they won't punch you. I'm just going to tell you that they already have they have an outlet already for their uh, for their uh, fury, okay, uh, and they're using it. All right, so you have a little bit less to be afraid of from them than the guy who is not saying anything, who is. Uh, who is being quiet and still, and whose face is uh, uh, a little bit uh, uh, a little bit uh, less red, because that is a person who is preparing to do something. <clears throat> anyway, that's an interesting book, and uh, and I thought that the whole uh, that reading that from uh, Joseph Reed was a very interesting uh, footnote to whenever they were looking around after the battle. Uh, of Brooklyn, how how he found out that uh, he looked around. And he said, "Wow, you know, all the folks who are talking about uh, give me liberty and give me death seem to be gone. Seem like they've already left and they've gone home. Uh, they don't seem to be that worried about it anymore. And the folks who you would have thought would have taken off running at the first chance, they're sitting here in this camp, knowing full well that they face uh, uh, death or capture, and they're still here. They're still here." with their rifles. All right, that's just uh, something for you to to chew on. Okay, uh we're going to take some calls now. Uh first one we'll take here is Sam. Sam, stop uh stop building the your pyramid there and uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks, Scott. Glad to hear you back on the air. Uh it's good to be back and and thanks again uh for uh for trying to take on the monster. I know that uh uh, it's, it's, this is not a uh, uh, this is not a very easy thing to do, and I'm not talking about just the uh, doing the show uh, because that you got covered. I'm talking about the the technical part of it. It's a it's a very cranky uh, old beast here. This is like uh, going in your garage and and trying to start up your uh, your 1965 Eldorado Moto Guzzi 
uh, you know, and getting it tuned up and taking it out on the highway. It, it doesn't always want to uh, submit to your authority, you know, when you click on a button. And uh, you did a great job. I know they had some trouble on Tuesday getting it to uh, getting the show to uh, to come on because I'd had some trouble a couple of weeks before the same thing, with, uh, which was it threw me off, but it said I was still on. So it wouldn't let me come back on because it said, theoretically, I was still on. And I believe you had the same thing happen. But uh, you dealt with it well. You talked to the guys. You got everybody lined up for the Wednesday show, and then you did the show on Wednesday and had a great show. And uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, for just uh, for for catching the the, uh, the pass and running uh, for the touchdown with it. So thank you, Sam. Oh, anytime, Scout. Anytime. All it took was some of that persistence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a lot of persistence for you because, like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy or simple thing. Uh, and, you know, it's not like you not like you break a sweat to do the show, but uh, you know, but it takes uh, you know a good bit of uh, of paying attention to what you're doing and then trying to uh, just get lucky when you roll the dice with the uh, the blog talk folks. Well, the second night it went okay, and, and uh, I had some good support. Folks calling in, got to talk with Vic for a bit. That was great. Loved talking with her, and, and uh, folks called in, and, and we had us a show. Did you say that Karen called in, too? Karen called in, too. Yes, she did. Well, that has to be the first time. I've tried to get uh, Karen to call in quite a few times. Karen is, is one of the folks who's been uh, uh, with the program since... Uh, you know, since we started, she was a, uh, she's a great asset uh, to the program, always here, always helpful and everything else, and uh, and great uh, great to have her. I'm glad she got on the uh, the air and talked. Uh, once again, if anybody else uh, wants to, uh, to call in, uh, the number is 347-308-8790. And then while Sam is talking, I'm going to... Uh, Put that on the chat room. Go ahead. Sam. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know one thing. Uh, you you can't make one of these shows happen without having listeners and callers and people that support it. And that's a great thing about people from Appleseed. They take care of each other, and they came on to help me out, and it was great. And uh, the blog talk board can be mastered. You can learn how to do it in 15 minutes over the phone, but you have to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. <laughs> It'll whip you if it gets a chance. But uh, I think we found the secret, and and uh, we'll stay at it. We're going to work at it, and uh, between you and Mark uh, Alonzo won, and uh, we'll we'll keep this thing going all the time. Uh, and we really need to go ahead and expand to that second day if we can. Yeah, and listen, we uh, uh, I put this on the forum, but uh, I'll let you guys know, all the folks that are listening right now, is that uh, uh, we're going to uh, uh, start having guests. Uh, we'll have, uh, uh, like Sam said, we're probably going to be doing two days, two different uh, shows a week. One of the shows will be uh, kind of like what it is now, uh, and it'll be a... Uh, uh, it'll be a show with guests. I believe our first guest is going to be Chris Knox from the uh, the Knox family. Uh, you know, the uh, the Knox family has done a uh, a huge amount the last thirty some years for uh, 
the Second Amendment uh, in this nation. And uh, he's going to come on, and he's got a book uh, he's just finished, and uh, he's going to talk about that. And we've got a lot of folks who are getting ready to come on. We'd also like for you guys, if you have somebody that you would like to uh, to hear on the show, if you'll uh, send me a PM uh, on the forum or a uh, uh, or an email, then uh, we'll do our best to get them on the show. We're going to have uh, the uh, folks from uh, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms. We'll have the uh, folks from Oath Keepers. Uh, we'll have a, a lot of the uh, folks, and then for the next show, uh, it will probably be more of a uh, Appleseed technically oriented show, where we'll be talking about uh, actual stuff that you will do at an apple seed, uh, calling the line, a natural point of aim, building a stable shooting uh, position, executing the shot by the six steps, etc. how to do the uh, uh, the stories, you know, how to wedge them in there good, how to kidnap the people and, uh, and uh, you know, at lunch times and, uh, you know, bring you a bag of hot dogs and stuff like that to uh, keep them anchored down so that you can give them the store during lunch and, uh, just different things like that, different tips that uh, we have. So the one show uh, the week will be uh, kind of like it is now. The other one will be more of a technical show. And then we will also start archiving uh, the story, okay? What we're going to do is we'll have uh, uh, different folks that will be recording the story, the three strikes of the match, and it will be archived. Uh, at Blog Talk. That means you, you'll be able to go to uh, Blog Talk. You'll be, you'll be able to go through the archives. <clears throat> and what you'll do is you'll look and you'll see uh, first strike of the match and then their name. First strike of the match, Sam D. Uh, first strike of the match, Don D. First strike of the match, Fred. And uh, you'll be able to click on those and then hear that strike of the match by that person. And then... Uh, uh, and then you can do, you can take what you want out of that and use it in your story. You know, you can hear this story from uh, three, four, five different people, hear what they say, how they tell the story, and then use that to help you mold how you tell your story. And uh, I think that would be very beneficial because it took uh, it took me hearing the story uh, from uh, from quite a few people uh, in order for me to develop my own story. And then, of course, it takes a lot of reading, uh, a lot of background on uh, on the uh, you know on the different uh, sections of that day, so that you are familiar with it and you feel uh, uh, you feel at ease in telling the story. And of course, one of the ways is just to hear the story uh, from a lot of different people. I'd like to hear the story from. Lots more people. Everybody gets a different take on it, and there are some folks out there I'd really love to hear how they do it. Uh, you can't lose by listening to other people's versions. Right, and if you uh, if you got somebody you want to uh, that you want to hear, then uh, talk to them. Get them to uh, uh, to PM or uh, email me, and we'll get them set up so that they can tell the story. And what is the way that it works is uh, <clears throat> we'll just schedule a time. It's not like they're gonna they want to worry that they're gonna be doing a live show or anything like that. It'll just be a one-on-one thing, uh, and that just means that we'll just uh, schedule a time to record the show, and uh, nobody else will be there 
uh, unless uh, unless they want them to, nobody else will be there listening. It'll just be them uh, telling the story uh, like they would in, at an apple seed, and then it'll be recorded and then archived. So, if you have somebody that you would like to hear tell the story, then uh, get them to uh, contact me and uh, and we will uh, get them uh, scheduled to do a recording of it. I, I don't care who they are. It doesn't have to be somebody uh uh it doesn't have to be one of the uh, the old fogies of the program. Uh it can just be anybody. If you th- if you tell me that you've got a good first strike, then uh then contact me and we'll get you and we'll get it recorded. We'll get it on there. We'll get your uh your first strike recorded, your second strike, your third strike, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you have incidental information like, uh, oh, the Dangerous Old Men story or the Isaac Davis story uh, or any of the uh, the other stories, any of the uh, the Russell story or the uh, Hezekiah Wyman, any of the stuff like that, if you want to get that in there, just uh, contact me. We'll get you uh, uh, we'll get you guys on there. I see Eagle Scatter. You're saying that uh, V needs to be one of the guys. Uh, Contact him and tell him to uh, uh, let him know what's going on, and uh, we will get him to be one of the uh, to be one of the guys that are archiving it. Anybody that wants to, we would like to give them a chance to. I uh, uh, I like hearing. Uh, I see Mark Alonzo's in there too. I'll tell you right now, I like listening to Mark's story, and uh, I especially liked it when he first started. Now I, I'm kind of just kidding because uh, Mark has a great story. Mark Alonso does, and uh, he had uh, he had a real good story in the beginning because uh, uh, Mark and one of those folks that uh, <clears throat> we had two we had, we had two extremes. All right, we had one guy, uh, we had Dean McCormick, who had uh, oh, like a uh, forty pages uh, front and back. Uh, so making 80 pages, we had his story, and it began like in, I don't know, uh, 2500 BC, and uh, up to uh, 1775, and uh, I don't know, it was uh, an hour and a half. And then we had uh, Mark Alonso, whose story uh, and ran a sharp uh, four and a half minutes, and uh, and it actually had everything. You needed to know about the uh, the first strike, uh, which included the uh, British, the uh, Redcoats as the bad guys, uh, the Colonials as the good guys, and uh, the location, etc. And uh, so, so he had a really good one, and uh, it has just gotten better since then. He's flushed it out a bit, and uh, it runs a little bit over uh, uh, ten minutes now, but he still has a really great uh, story. All right, so if you'll do that, and then if you have any, uh, if any of you have any uh, any guests that you would like to to hear on the show, then please get uh, please forward me their contact information so that we can talk to them and get them uh, scheduled uh, to uh, come on the air because uh, we'd like to start opening it up to. Uh, opening up to guest speakers and uh, we've gotten to the point where uh, we can legitimately offer them uh, you know a venue now we've got uh, quite a few folks 
uh, listening to the show, and uh, so we're not a little hole in the wall thing anymore. We've got uh, quite a few folks listening, and and we would like to uh, uh, we'd like to now start engaging uh, uh, national level guest speakers. So get get any uh, contact information from folks that you would like to uh, hear on the program to me, and we will start working towards getting them uh, on the show. If you'd like to call in, the number is 347-308-8790. I think it's time for a commercial, Scout. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we actually have a uh, a commercial in the works. Uh, I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give you uh, give it away, but uh, it's a uh, it's 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 going to be very. Uh, uh, it's a kind of a humorous commercial. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, okay, good. I see. I, I'm slow, Sam. Uh, I'm slow, but I'm uh, I'm I'm catching up to you. Yeah, it is time for a commercial. And I want to tell you that uh, that while I was in the hospital, I was in the ICU uh, for nine days, and. Uh, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get uh, cleaned up, or you know, I just had to take kind of a uh, uh, rag bath. And uh, I was really looking forward when I got home to being able to take a shower, and to being able to take a shower with my special uh, handmade soap from Blue Feather, BlueFeatherBiz.com. Uh, that's one of our uh, New Mexico. Uh, instructors, and uh, she makes some handmade soap. It's just uh, absolutely amazing, and uh, and makes all kinds of all all different kinds of soap. So, uh, if you want to check out her uh, website, it's a bluefeatherbiz.com, uh, or if you look for blue feather soap, Google that, you'll come up to that. Uh, and I mention this for two reasons: one, because uh, the more soap she sells, then the more time she has for instructing. And two, uh, anybody, there's no reason that we can't use this, uh, the radio show, uh, to further the interests of Appleseed folks, okay? That means if you have uh, some kind of uh, service that you want to offer, uh, then uh, then get, send me a PM for that and uh and some copy on uh, what you're, the service you're offering, uh, you're offering your contact info, etc., so that I can uh, I can get it out to the rest of the Appleseed crew. Because if I'm going to buy a block of soap, I'd rather buy it from an Appleseed member. Okay. Uh, if I'm going to buy uh, I don't know what. If I'm going to buy a pocket knife, I'd rather buy it from an Appleseed member. If I'm going to buy a a backpack, etc. I would rather buy it from an Appleseed member. So if you guys have uh, have something that uh, that some service or something like that, uh, then uh, let us know because uh, we'll be glad to get it out over the air to the rest of the folks here, and uh, because we want to uh, further uh, the the program, and while we're furthering the program, we'd like to uh, further the uh, the individuals who make up the uh, the program. <clears throat> so if you've got uh, 
some kind of service or something that you want to offer, uh, shoot me a, a PM or an email with that, and uh, we'll get it out on over the air. Uh, I see Spit Stickler saying that Stuart Rhodes in the lineup for a guest. Yes. Uh, I spoke to him about this. Uh, we first started doing the show and uh, and asked him if he would come on, and he said yes. So uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to find out when he can come on, and uh, this will also do it. It will also jump us up as far as uh, uh, the way that Blog Talk markets the shows. Okay, if we have a, a national guest like that, then we can. This show can be what they call a featured show, <clears throat> uh, which means that uh, uh, we can go to uh, we can get pushed up onto the Blog Talk. Uh, like their their homepage, their you know their page you go to when you first uh, click on, and then we're, we're talking about a million hits a day uh, for that. <clears throat> so being featured <clears throat> would allow us to rotate through that page and would uh, help us to get some more listeners also. But to be featured, you got to have a celebrity. And uh, like I said, I, at first, uh, you know, in, until we until we have the the show kind of ironed out. Uh, I was really hesitant about asking folks to come on uh, because you, you know you don't want to uh, you don't want to waste uh, their time and uh, you want to respect them by giving them uh, you know a, a good number of listeners and you know a good audience and stuff and and we can do that now so uh, so we can do we can help them by giving them an audience and we can help ourselves by rotating us up into a higher order uh, of promotions so the show can be promoted at a higher level uh, by Blog Talk. Okay, uh, 347-308-8790. That's the call-in number. Uh, if you'd like to call in, any comments, uh, anything like that, uh, if, you have a, uh, uh, if you're a state coordinator or uh, you'd like to uh, talk about what you have going on or the... Uh, uh, the shoots for the last weekend, we would be glad to listen to what you have to say. So if you'd like to call in, go right ahead. <clears throat> While uh, we're waiting Sam, for one to... Yeah, go ahead. While we're waiting for one to call in, I'd like to put out my my weekly stock appeal, as I call it. If uh, you pulled the stock off your LTR for whatever reason and replaced it, Consider sacrificing it for a youngster and having it trimmed down to fit. We always need a couple of spare cut-down stocks floating around out there. Every shoot boss needs to have one for at least a 1022. So if you have one, uh, put them out there for for the young folks to use. It's uh, a worthwhile uh, sacrifice of a stock that you're not going to use anyway. Yeah, that's a great idea because... Uh and we've done it here. What you can do is, uh, if you've got the, uh, if you've got a uh, 1022 stock, then, uh, uh, and you're not using it anymore, just, uh, just uh, send it to uh, the nearest DAR or the nearest uh, shoot boss folks. <clears throat> or listen, you can even do it yourself. Uh, well, I say that. I don't know if we still have the LTR threads uh, up and visible or not. Uh, I've been off. They do. They, they do. Okay. Well, if they do, then all you have to do is you go to the uh, LTR threads, and you'll see what they'll probably walk you through uh, chopping that, that stock down 
uh, for a youth. And uh, I can tell you right now that one of the the best way to do it, of course, is is you don't just hack off uh, the end of it and uh, throw that piece away. Uh, you're going to cut it off in very uh, 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 in a very uh, uh, controlled way, uh, section by section. All right, so that the, each of those sections can be bolted back on or off, and it can be uh, actually adjusted to fit a, a youth. We've got, I think, either two or three of those here. And uh, that's how we work it uh, with the kids who come to uh, who come to the shows. And uh, they, they're they stuck with a uh, 1022 that is a regular full-length one. And, and it's too much for most of the kids. So what we can do is uh, we can uh, put them in one of these 1022 stocks and... Uh, 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 take off the uh, the back sections of the buttstock until we can get it just right for them. It's not going to be a perfect fit uh, for the kids, but it's going to be a lot better than usually what they came with. It's going to be uh, uh, you know a lot easier for them to manage. So yeah, if you've got uh, if you've got yourself a 1022, and uh, like most of us, if you could just not if you just could not help yourself uh, from tweaking it, and uh, you poke you pull the stock off, and uh, uh, it's just sitting there in your closet uh, dry rotten, then, yeah, do it. Uh, think about what Sam said, which is uh, moving that stock on down the line to work and do some good, which is with uh, some of the youth or some of the, uh, the smaller frame ladies uh, by uh, uh, getting that stock back into rotation, getting it so that it can be adjusted for, as a uh, youth stock. <clears throat> because it's, uh, you know, it takes about... Uh, uh, two minutes to uh, take uh, to pop the action uh, out of the uh, out of one of the uh, the regular size ones. Pop it into a uh, uh, another stock and get them ready to go. I mean, just a couple of seconds. Uh, on that same point, or while we're talking about that, let me make sure that I mentioned to you guys uh, that uh, that are running 1022s. Actually, this is a this is a point that I would. I would make for everybody, and that is when you show up on the line, uh, wherever you are, or to the Apple Seed, a gun, uh, at any uh, range, etc. One of the first things you do when you are getting your rifle ready is you put your screws and wrenches on your sights, uh, on your sight screws, on your action screws, uh, the stock screws, everything. Make sure that they're tweaked down. I don't mean, uh, I don't mean torqued. I just mean Make sure that uh, you've got them good and tight before you start shooting. And then before the rifle goes back into the bag to go home, the same thing. Uh, the 1022s, of course, are notorious for this, and that is uh, for shooting themselves loose. Uh, I've seen it happen as quick as from uh, uh, from 8.30 to lunchtime. Uh, and the only thing you can really do about it is make sure it's tightened down with uh, the Loctite on it. And then to keep uh, the screws and wrenches there handy with you, and make sure that you have uh, snugged it down. Uh, you know, when you first get there, uh, at lunchtime, and then at the end of the day. Uh, like I said, you don't want to torque it. You don't want to change uh, any of the uh, the settings on it. You just want to make sure that it is not unscrewing itself. Because I'm telling you, you do all that work on Saturday, getting everything set up on Saturday morning to lunch. Uh, getting it uh, just the get it sided in just where you want it, uh, 
And uh, then it starts working itself loose between uh, Saturday lunch and Saturday uh, uh, end of day and Sunday morning. And then about uh, 9 o'clock, uh, I mean uh, 10 o'clock Sunday morning, you start noticing those groups opening back up or sliding off the uh, target altogether. And uh, you're, you're just blowing a whole day. Uh, you know, you've got to start from square one. So make sure that uh, you keep your... Uh, your screws and your uh, your wrenches there, and you uh, it takes about thirty seconds to do the whole rifle. Make sure that you've uh, snugged everything down. Once again, you don't torque it; you just snug it down. Make sure that it is indeed that it's snug. I'm talking about your uh, uh, your scope mount screws, your scope screws, your uh, tech sight screws, and your action and stock screws. Make sure that they're all uh, snug down. And it only takes a couple of minutes, but if you don't do it, uh, it sure can cause you some grief. That's something that people often neglect when they go home on Saturday night. They're tired and they're a little sore because they've been manipulating their bodies into uncomfortable or unusual positions for them. And they head for the showers and pop a couple of Motrin and go right to bed and don't take care of that rifle. And along about 9 o'clock Sunday morning, it starts turning into a jam o -matic. Yeah. Or the shot and start walking around. Take that 15 or 20 minutes and uh, tighten it all down, clean it up. And uh, the thing to clean is the action, not the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets wrapped around that cleaning rod, but... Cleaning out that action is the ticket. Yeah, you don't need to. Uh, uh, I, I never worry about the uh, the barrel on the rifles as much as I worry about, uh, especially on a 1022. Make sure that that bolt face is clean. Make sure that the uh, firing pin is uh, isn't carbon solid into the uh, into the bolt. <clears throat> Make sure that the uh, the uh, chamber is uh, carbon free. That's all you really got to do. And the as far as the uh, uh, checking the uh, the screws on the uh, the rifle, it only takes uh, like I said, it only takes two minutes at the most to make sure everything is snugged down. <clears throat> when I went to uh, my first boot camp, uh, uh, it's been a couple of years now. When I went to the first boot camp, and uh, and we were just uh, we were blasting away, and this is with my grand <clears throat> and. Uh, you know, up to this point, I don't. I'm sure I'd probably never shot more than, uh, at the most, uh, like a box of shells at a time. Other than, uh, of course, my time in the military. Uh, as far as civilian life, uh, you know, I only only fired, uh, you know, uh, four or five rounds, uh, you know, at the range, and because I there was nothing, uh, because I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Anyway, so we're at the boot camp and we're shooting and. Uh, and I think this was a second or third day, Sunday, Mo Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was the third day. And uh, I tell you, I was getting very, very frustrated because instead of getting better, I seemed to be getting worse and worse. My groups seemed to be expanding rather than contracting. And uh, I was just getting... Uh, I mean, frustrated, very frustrated, very angry. And uh, Dragonwood 
happened to be uh, my partner that day, and she was on the uh, she was just uh, to the left of me on the line, and uh, I think I was uh, grumbling, and uh, she said, "Did you check your sights?" And uh, and at the time, I, you know, I, I I didn't think about sights on the rifle moving. I thought she was saying, "You check your sights as far as did you sight it?" And I go, "Yeah." And I go, "I did that the first day." You know, I, I I did all that the first day. You gotta remember, this is back when I was a complete newbie uh, as far as apple seed stuff. I go, yeah, I did that the first day, and she, uh, and she said, no, I mean, did you check your front sight? And uh, I still thought she meant, uh, you know, did I check the adjustment on the front sight? <clears throat> and she said, no, I meant to check to see if it's loose. And as she was saying this, she reached out uh, with her, I think she reached out with her left hand. To, to, I guess she was going to grab the front sight and give it a little wiggle. And uh, anyway, her index finger touched the front sight and it fell off. And uh, doesn't do a lot for ego, does it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, (laughs) because uh, that's just completely frustrating. Number one, yeah, you're right. Uh, You know, at the time I was, uh, I probably was a little bit. uh, chauvinistic, uh, as far as uh, you know, uh, girls and guy and guns and guys and stuff, and you know, guys are like, oh, they don't want to, they don't want some girl to tell them that they're messing up. Uh, and of course, the, the the more you learn, the better you become uh, in leading the life of a rifleman. The less you worry about stuff like that. You know, the more uh, the more you become a professional person, which is, means you're willing to uh, to take advice from anyone. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, to lose uh, three days of shooting uh, because of that, and it had uh, it affected me, uh, you know, very strongly because uh, you know, I'd burned up three days of shooting and had to start from from scratch, uh, re-zeroing, and uh, by then my level of frustration had, was so high, and I felt that the pressure was so high on me to do well that it actually caused me to do extremely poorly. And uh, uh, I can't say that I was proud of uh, of any of the scores I turned in on those first five days. So <clears throat> so that's my, my story on sites. That could have all been, uh, it could have all been avoided had I taken uh, my wrench and my screws and my screwdriver and put them on the sites and made sure that all my sites, my sites were nice and snug. And you can avoid it by doing the same thing. Make sure that your uh, all your sights, uh, screws are tight, uh, that your action screws, your stock screws are all tight. Now, those are all things that we need to keep an eye on and, and that we start doing by habit. Uh, after we've had a couple of those bad experiences, uh, and it will shake you mentally. And one of the things that maybe we don't emphasize quite enough with people is getting into that rifleman's bubble, into that concentration mode where you're not worrying about the sight that fell off during the last last AQT. You're just getting back where you need to be and, and going at it. Uh, we allow ourselves to become distracted too easily by those little things. And if we strive hard to get into that concentration mode, 
where we're paying attention to what we're doing and not those little distractors, those nagging little things, uh, we all do much better. That's right. Okay. Uh, let's see. I want to. Uh, it's taking me forever to uh, travel between uh, these windows here. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, if that is a function of. Uh, I never have this problem except when I have a blog talk. Uh, when I have blog talk windows open, when I you know it's it it's almost shuts down my computer. Uh, anyway, I'm back on the chat page now and. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, I'm reading out loud some of the guys that uh, the stuff that the guys are putting on here. And when we're talking about uh, taking care of your LTRs uh, and cleaning the bolts, cleaning uh, the stuff right there, and uh, Eagle Scatter is put on here scraping the crud off the bolt face, especially under the edge of the extractor. Exactly, because because it's very important. Because if one of the first things that's going to happen is that carbon is going to build up there under the extractor, and it's going to start refusing uh, to properly extract and eject that round. And when it does, uh, you're going to start getting uh, uh, malfunctions, stovepipes, etc. <clears throat> now, when you do that, uh, with uh, with a seasoned shooter, uh, you know, it, it's not that big a deal because you get a, a malfunction, misfeed, jam, etc. You clean it, you drive on. But, that's, you know, usually when these are occurring, they're occurring because of improper rifle maintenance, and that happens usually because the uh, the person using the rifle is a new shooter. So you have the new shooter who is uh, failing to perform uh, uh, adequate rifle maintenance uh, on their rifles, and that is causing uh, the rifles to... Uh, uh, have a failure to eject or stovepipe or misfeed or double feed, uh, et cetera, and jamming up. Now, that uh, causes a lot of grease, puts a lot of stress on the shooters because uh, because they don't, they're, they're not familiar uh, with the techniques and procedures for uh, uh, for clearing the, uh, the malfunctions. They're under a timed course, uh, and, uh, and it can just all, it can add up. And once it does, then these guys stop having fun. They stop learning. <laughs> now, one thing, of course, I tell them, and uh, it's true, it's hard, to, it's hard to get them to accept it sometimes, and that is <clears throat> if for some reason you do have a rifle that is uh, constantly uh, having a failure to fire of some type, that you're actually getting much better uh, – experience than most of the other people on the line. Everybody else is uh, getting a round to fire every time they squeeze the trigger. You, on the other hand, are having to actually to having to go through uh, failure to fire drills uh, once or twice in each string. And uh, what this does is, first of all, it gets your blood pressure up, you know, and drives you crazy. If you can get past that, what it does is it teaches you how to clear those uh, malfunctions and continue on your course of fire. Uh, Fred, uh, I don't remember if he, if it was on the forum or if he put it in the Shotgun News or what. It's been a couple of years now. 
he was talking about this. I think it may have been on the forum. Uh, I think he was talking about some either some Portuguese or Indian 308 that he'd bought uh, a case or two of it, and uh, and I believe it had uh, like a one in twenty uh, failure to fire rate. And at the time, he was very uh, he was very unhappy with it. He said, "Now," he said, "he wished he could have bought three or four more cases of it." Because what it does is uh, it gives you a chance to actually go through uh, your failure-to-fire drill uh, with almost every uh, magazine that uh, you run through there. Uh, That is – there's no way to get that that training except by doing it. And I've seen these people – and I tell you, I've seen it quite a few times now, uh, and it always amazes me. Just like the story I was telling you earlier about the folks who uh, the the folks who talk big and then disappear when something important is going to happen. Okay, the same thing with <clears throat> with uh, people like uh, uh, and the the thing that I see it mostly from are from young young men and women and ladies, and that is they get these uh, failure to fires and they're getting them over and over and. They, because they don't have any experience, a lot of times they don't get frustrated. All they do is they learn the technique it takes to clear the malfunction and get back on track and finish their course of fire, even making sure that they come in under the time and with all the rounds they need, okay? So I'm telling you, there is a, there's a lot to be said now. Don't go and take it that I said that you're supposed to uh, get your bolt face uh, dirty and uh, throw dirt in your rifle so it misfires. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that don't let having uh, failure fires or stove pipes or double feeds, etc. don't ever let that get to you, okay? Clear the malfunction, get back on track, and finish the course of fire, and uh, and you can't pay for that type of instruction, Uh so. Instructors need to make sure that they don't allow those things to frustrate their students either. They need to turn it into a positive. That's right, and I always do that with the folks. I tell them, "Go, hey, listen, I said, don't uh, don't let this get you down." I said, "What you're getting is you're getting extra uh, instruction today. You're getting much better instruction than uh, most of the rest of the folks on this line." I said, "Because you're learning." How to clear a misfire, a, fo- a failure to feed, or failure to fire. You're, clear- you're learning how to clear one every time and, and go on get through your course of fire. I said, they're not. I said, when the first time it happens to them, they're going to be left standing there uh, uh, confused and looking around trying to figure out what to do, and you're going to have already finished the course of fire after you put your third magazine in. I said, so uh, don't let that bother you. And uh, most of the times they don't. Uh, let's see. Eagle Scout has brought up another uh, good point here, which is, and uh, and this has been, this is, of course is a problem that has been that's, since we started, and that is the magazines getting uh, dirty and gummy, etc. Uh, well, I'll tell you, the first thing you do, make sure you don't let any of your guys, uh, any of your the folks. Uh, one of the first things that I see people trying to do is they think about shooting some uh, some lube down in that magazine. Don't let them do that, OK? 
okay? That's a guaranteed way to get that uh, magazine to, to fail. You put some uh, lube or any kind of uh, liquid down in there so that it soaks up the dirt dust and holds it in there, and that's it. That's the end of that magazine. <clears throat> you can keep it dry. Keep the uh, the magazine dry and clean. Now, uh, uh, now as an apple seeder, I would suggest this. Uh, I would suggest you become familiar enough with your rifle platform that you can break that magazine down and uh, clean it out inside and then put it back together. Uh, learn how to do that, okay? Learn how to do that. And uh, if you don't do that, uh, what I do is uh, is I'll collect the magazines a lot of times at lunchtime and I'll take them up to my shop. And uh, i got 180 pounds of uh, pressure on my compressed air. And uh, I will blow them out because usually it's just dust that has gotten in there, dust or grit and sand. And uh, the 180 pounds will uh, will uh, clean them out really good. But uh, you can blow them out. You can take learn to, like I said, take, take the time. If you own a 1022, take the time to teach yourself how to disassemble the magazine and clean it out. That's the only real way you're going to get it fixed. They disassemble the magazine, clean it out, learn how to clean it out, put it back together. Uh, that'll keep the uh, keep it clean and uh, to make sure that uh, that you've kept enough tension. You know, you learn how to put tension onto the rotary mag to ensure that it uh, will feed uh, in a flawless fashion. <clears throat> okay. Uh, aromatic says chamber flags in the mud does not help either. No, no, it doesn't help. Chamber flags in the mud and going into the uh, into the chamber into the rifle does not help, and uh, that's something that you're going to have to. Uh, that's something that we as instructors take for granted, but we can't take that for granted because they don't know. The students don't know. So we have to teach them. We have to tell them that whenever uh, whenever we're instructing them, uh, at the same time that we're telling them about uh, bending the uh, you know the uh, the rod on the chamber flag so that it will go down into the chamber, we need to make sure that they understand that uh, they can't slam the bolts forward on the uh, chamber flags because that'll break them off. That they have to uh, pay attention. When they look at that chamber flag, when they pull it out, make sure it's the same length it was when it went in. Make sure that they didn't break a piece off in the barrel. Uh, to make sure that that chamber flag, when they have pulled it out, before they put it back in, make sure that, it's, that it is free of uh, mud or dirt or dust. Make sure that it's, uh, that it's nice and clean before they stick it back in the rifle, that they're not putting stuff into the rifle. Same thing with the magazines. Make sure that uh, <clears throat> when they have their... Uh, there are spare mags there. That those spare mags are, uh, in, you, you know, put in a in a way that they're nice and clean. That they haven't uh, shoved them off the mat into the dirt, face down in the dirt, so that when they they insert that magazine into the rifle, that uh, they are not inserting uh, uh, half a teaspoon of sand and grit with the uh, the magazine. Uh, it's just stuff that they're going to have to they're going to have to learn. They're going to have to. Uh, a lot of the new shooters are going to have to learn how to do this, That uh, how they need to treat 
the magazines, the chamber flags, etc. And the folks that are doing a rapid fire string with a with a center fire uh, will sometimes even find that they'll melt the end of that chamber flag, and you have to kind of keep an eye on it. You may break it or melt the end of it off and gum it up. Uh, just have one of the instructors bring you a new one. It's, uh, it's not worth uh, playing around with. Yeah, if you've noticed that the that it doesn't look the same whenever you took it out as when you put it in, uh, make sure that uh, they rod that barrel, they rod it, get that chip or that piece out of there, etc. And then uh, yeah, grab you a new one, and put it in there. Uh, but always uh, you pay attention to your chamber flag, and uh, don't let them slam those bolts forward on them because the the chamber flags will shatter. They will. Uh, I haven't, uh, as far as I know, I've never seen. Uh, anybody shoot with uh, a chamber flag piece in the bore or barrel. But I've seen uh, time and time again <clears throat> uh, people pull a, uh, a a chamber flag out that they had slammed a bolt forward on, and uh, and the uh, the teat was missing off of it. And uh, you know, and we had to make sure that they that they got it out, you know, they got the long piece out and then rotted it anyway to make sure that there weren't there weren't multiple broken pieces uh you know on there. That you uh, hold that uh the two the parts of the chamber flag up and make sure that you've got the whole thing and then rod the barrel, make sure there's nothing and no other obstructions in there before you move on, then get a new chamber flag. It can actually be rough on some of the rifles. Uh, if you happen to have a 597 Remington and let the bolt slam shut on a chamber flag, it has a bad habit of popping your extractor off. Oh, really? It's one of those little quirks that you run into occasionally. And We had a, a young lady with a 597 in El Paso a couple of months ago that had that problem. Uh, once we figured it out, it became a non-issue. But I got real good at putting the 597 extractor back in without disassembling a rifle. <laughs> well, there you go. Listen, guys, if you want to call in, we got a few minutes left. Uh, got uh, probably enough time for one or two callers if you want to call in. It's uh, area code 347 Uh, like I said, it's uh, for me. It, it's hard to. Uh, uh, I'm having. I'm still having trouble with uh, with going in between the windows on uh, between the switchboard. Uh, now it's saying that I've lost my chat. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, uh, I'm using a regular. It's a, it's a fairly new. Uh, fairly new. Laptop with a uh, with a nice uh, uh, AMD processor. I don't know why I should be having trouble unless it's just uh, everybody between you and town is taking up all the bandwidth. <laughs> I guess. Well, uh, there's not that many people between me and town. It's pretty much an o open uh, <laughs> open uh, prairie and stuff. 
too many people listening in on the party line kind of damps out the signal, maybe. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, we used to have a party line here uh, when I was a kid. I still remember our uh, uh, our ring was two long rings and one short one. Uh, and, uh, you know, we would, uh, I don't remember how many people were on it, but, uh, you know, you would get your, we would get our ring and we would say hello and then, uh, just a couple of seconds later, you would hear uh, uh, Mrs. Moore from uh, down the street. She would pick up the uh, the phone too. You know, she uh, she just she listened to everybody. So you always know that no matter what you said, it was there was going to be somebody else who uh, who was listening in on it. <laughs> you got your own built-in sensor on the line. Yeah, never know who's listening. Uh, and that we were remind folks that uh, that we would like for you to, uh, if you have folks that you want uh, to hear, that you would like for us to ask uh, uh, to come on the show as a guest, uh, please let us know. PM uh, me and uh, uh, let me know, or PM uh, Sam D, let him know. And also, the folks that you want to hear, give the... Uh, uh, the three strikes of the match stories, and we'll do them uh, separately so that you can listen to either the first strike, the second strike, or the third strike, and then it'll be listed uh, as the first or second or third strike, and it'll be listed by the uh, person giving it. So put your uh, recommendations forward, uh, and if you would like to do it, just uh, same thing. You'll be glad uh, be glad for uh, uh, to schedule you to get on it. <clears throat> And then uh, before we go, I'd like to uh, I'd like to talk about uh, about what I wrote uh, for the title of the show, which is uh, we must indeed all hang together, and uh, that comes from Benjamin Franklin, who <clears throat> who wrote. Uh, to his fellow uh, signers when they were doing the declaration of, signing the Declaration of Independence, saying that they should all they would all have to stick together, and he wrote, "We must indeed all hang together, or most assuredly, we shall all hang separately." And uh, of course, it was a joke. You know, it was actually, uh, I guess, what you would uh, <laughs> you could very easily call this gallows humor, right? Because that's what it was. Uh, and uh, it, it was a joke, uh, but it was a joke based in 100% reality, <clears throat> which meant that those folks signing the Declaration of Independence were indeed uh, they were indeed scheduled to hang. If they could be caught, uh, they were guilty of treason, and they would be hung. And uh, what he was telling them is that if they had any hope of uh, of getting through this alive, then what it meant was everybody was going to have to work together. Uh, they were going to have to put their petty differences aside in order to stand together for the common good. Uh, and, you know, we have to do the same thing today. Uh, everyone, 
everyone has their own ideas about uh, what needs to be done in this nation uh, to to have the nation headed in the right direction. To uh, everybody has their own ideas on on how what directions our country should be taking, and the and the, and the best answers that there are for the. Uh, for the economy, for the industry, or for their personal freedoms and liberties, etc. And and regardless of whether these people think uh, or how they think, if they're right, etc. What we have to understand as a group is that uh, unless we unless we put our small differences uh, to rest and stand together uh based on based on the the main and common ideas that we share is that we stand a good chance of all hanging separately uh, it's very important that we begin uh, and continue making alliances and uh, by that I'm talking about uh, making alliances with the the Appleseed program, making alliances with uh, other uh, organizations, uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, NRA, uh, et cetera, on and on. And so we should be weaving ourselves into common alliances with them. You should be weaving yourselves as individuals into common alliances with uh, with your fellow shooters, with uh, with other uh, with other people, other organizations, with the Tea Party folks, with the Town Hall folks. Uh, I don't care if you if you don't especially uh, subscribe to some other views that they have on the way the country should be run, etc. But what you do need to understand is that uh, without an alliance, without standing shoulder to shoulder, that it is going to be very easy for us to hang as individuals. Uh, it's going to be very easy to knock down and knock off one small group at a time. <clears throat> Uh, and put them in the dirt. Uh, it would be much harder once we've woven ourselves into alliances with the other groups. You should be working as a uh, as an Appleseed member, as an instructor, on ensuring that your crew locally, uh, that your guys are members of the NRA, that your guys are a member of whatever your state organization is, your uh, your state rifle association, your state. Second Amendment organization, that you guys are all members of that. You should be making sure that you're forming alliances every single day as you push the program forward uh, to strengthen our positions because uh, certainly if we don't all hang together, then most assuredly we shall all hang separately. Sam, I want to thank you for... uh, for calling in tonight, and I want to thank you again for taking over the show uh, last week. You did a great okay. job, uh, and uh, and I count on you a lot. And uh, I think I, I I put it in the post on the forum is that uh, uh, you're not just a a great show host; you're you're just a plain good man. And I'll say the same thing I wrote in the forum is that uh, you're a man that uh, I'd be proud to ride the river with. And uh, and proud to call my friend. So, thanks for uh, for taking the show. And believe me, you're going to get uh, you'll be called on to, uh, to do it again. 
And thanks for everybody else. I can't write anything in the chat uh, because uh, I can't open it up again. So uh, I imagine what I'll do is between now and next week is pay for uh, a uh, you know a new uh, uh, service and see if that will clear any of this out. All right, we look forward to seeing you guys uh, uh, this next Tuesday. Thanks to everybody uh, in the chat room. Thanks to uh, to Sam and all the uh, rest of the Appleseed folks, and uh, and uh, God bless all of you. And uh, we'll see you this coming Tuesday. Have a good one, folks. All right. 